The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Happy Monday. Thank you for joining us as we spend a few minutes together in God's word. We're glad you're with us on this Monday, uh, first Monday of the new year. So I would start off by saying Happy New Year. And thank you for joining us and hope you had a great weekend and hope you're looking forward to a great year and all that God has in store for us and for you in the coming year. Uh, We are going to continue the book of Philippians as we we talked about last week, the idea that Philippians really, the premise, the theme of Philippians for many theologians believe would be joy and it'd be joy over things like over circumstances, over people, over frustrations, hurts. And so we're going to talk about how we can find that joy. How is it? And we're going to look at one of those very important things that how Paul, he's writing prison. Now we understand it's more of a house arrest. He's in Rome. Uh, We studied towards the end of Acts. He's in Rome. He's waiting, really waiting to Um, for his ministry to end, but he's writing all of these epistles in this process. And so he's sitting, not necessarily in a jail cell, in a home, but he's not able to go. He's able to have people come to him, but he's not able to leave. And so he's sitting there, but you could say his mission and love was, well, spreading the gospel going from town to town starting churches and he's not being allowed to do that and you could easily see the frustration as he's kind of not he's just kind of stuck they don't know what to do with him as a prisoner and so he's sitting there and one of the things he does is he writes the book of philippians and so he writes back in the last few verses he's been referencing to the book of philippians as to this church um, his kindness his appreciation for them i mean you read the bible you go from here to revelation you can see that sometimes um, the preacher who writes uh, writes some harder things. You know, he brags on this church. He brags on the church of Thessalonica. He writes the first Corinthians, and he's got some harder things to say. John references in Rick of Revelation seven different churches, and some of them he brags on, some of them not so much. And, and what you see, though, here is Paul is bragging on this church. And so he, he brags on them, and he talks about this really tight connection that he has with this particular church. And today we're going to get a glimpse into why. With the first few verses, Paul spends a lot of time kind of digging into what his hope is for this church. Obviously, he's speaking from the point of view of the church planner, a bit of a pastor's heart as to why, but you get to a little bit of understanding more deeper as to why this there's something very special about this particular church. Go with me to chapter 1, verse 7, Philippians 1, verse 7. The Bible says this, Even as it is meet for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, Inasmuch as both in my bonds and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, ye all are partakers of my grace. So in this verse, he gives an awful lot of information as to why he has such a a tight connection and appreciation for this church. He says, he's even as, it's, it's me for me, it makes sense for me to think this of you all, of all of this. He brags about, he goes, he wants their fellowship to continue. He, he wants them to know that he which hath begun, God who's begun a good work in you will perform it to the day of Jesus Christ. And all the things that he, he starts off the letter saying, I hope this becomes true of you. I believe this to be true. Why? Why is it normal for us to think this of? He goes, because um, he says in the second part of this verse, inasmuch as both in my bonds and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, ye are partakers of my grace. He brags to this church, he goes, while I'm in bonds, well, even in the defense of the gospel, I'm sitting here because I refuse to denounce scripture. He'd been thrown in by the, by the uh, 
temple, really, taken to the Roman rule, trying to get him assassinated, simply because he held to the new gospel, he held to the gospel of Jesus Christ, and the temple did not believe that. They were holding strong to Judaism. And so he knows this. And in, in this defense, he comes to this church and he says, you have been a great encouragement to me. Now, in many occasions, it's a little different here, when he finally ends up in the maritime prison, uh, you're going to find that one of the things that was necessary is there, there wasn't, the government didn't pay for them to be fed. And so um, they would have to have people come and bring them food. And in many occasions, if you brought food to a certain prisoner, you might be associated with that prisoner. But what we know is that for the Church of Philippi, in this circumstance and many other circumstances, sent to him his need, sent to him financially. As a matter of fact, you go to the book of, end of Philippians where it says, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We we love to run to that verse, and we like to say that as like a, a universal promise to all Christians, but that's actually not what that verse is saying. You can't in Scripture just take one verse and pull it out and say, I'm going to hold to that. You have to remember that when Paul wrote this, he didn't write these in verses. He wrote this as a letter. So it would literally be like you going to a letter uh, that someone's wrote to you or uh, something that you know government officials put out and say, I'm just going to go to this one sentence and I'm going to stay with it. It's out of context. You can't do that. In the context of that verse, that chapter, Paul was again thanking the church for their extremely sacrificial giving to him. He said, because you have given sacrificially to me, my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. God's provision to the church was promised based upon their action and involvement in, in Paul's ministry. It wasn't just because they were Christians or because they attended church. It was because they were engaged in giving and sacrifice. And so really what we're looking at is Paul is bragging on this church, and he's bragging on this church because of their partnership in his ministry. They didn't just watch from a distance. They were actively engaged. Here at our church, we have what we call faith promise giving, where we encourage people above and beyond their tithes and offerings to give to missions. And uh, we have you know, scores of missionaries that we then send the money to that is us partnering with people across the, across the globe, really, in a desire to reach parts of the world that we will likely never visit. And that's one of the best parts of ministry. It's engaging in these things. That's what he's referencing here. They partnered with him. They, you know, they couldn't you know, go help him out. He was in prison. But they were partnering with him. So can I give you a couple thoughts, though, when we think about this partnership and ministry? He bragged on these people. He goes, you were partnering with me in my bonds. You partnered with me in the defense and the confirmation of the gospel. You are partakers of my grace. You participated in these things. You partnered. You came alongside. You weren't just a church that took. You were a church that gave. You were actively engaged in ministry. I will tell you from the part of, heart of a pastor, that's the heart of every pastor, is that, that you would have a church that wouldn't just watch the ministry take place by other people. Uh, we call them consumers, that you would engage. You would come in and say, God's brought me here and I'm going to use my gift to serve him in this church, to use him to serve in this community. Uh, I don't need other people to come alongside. God has given me a gift. I'm going to find out how I can use that to spread the gospel and to serve him in my church and in my community. Uh, that's healthy. That's not just people watching. It's people engaging because a true healthy church can't grow if it's just one or two people doing the work. And he brags on that. Can me give you a couple reasons why he was so tight-knit? To this church? Why, why? What is it unique, unique about this partnership and ministry that I think we need to understand? I think I just a couple thoughts. So the first thought is partnership and ministry uh, is, drive, is driven from a common goal. Uh, what, what he looked at is the ultimate goal is to get the gospel of Jesus Christ out, to plant churches and to start churches and things of that nature. That was the common goal. That was the desire. 
And so when you look at this, this is what he wanted to accomplish. The church came alongside and said, we've seen this church grow. We've come to know Christ. Yeah, it's not been easy, but look what we get from it. We want to engage in reproducing ourselves. And that is really uh, the premise of what they're saying there. So they have this common goal. But not only that, when you have this common goal, number two, this partnership and ministry uh, sidesteps our preferences and differences. Each and every one of us will come in with a difference to our church. Some of them will come with different backgrounds, different uh, races where we come from, different uh, mindsets, all kinds of different things that when you come to church, you're going to be different. Now, what Satan wants to do is he wants to use those differences to divide us. He wants to come in and help us to only see the things, well, because of my political view or my background view or my family view, all this, ah, I'm going to fight against them. And what, what he says is this partnership in the gospel, this common goal that we're going after, helps us to set aside these things that would otherwise divide us, and it helps us to get focused on that one goal. We're not focused on all the things that's ch that, that are unique and different to us, because that's the point of the church. That's that mystery. People from all kinds of backgrounds coming together for that one common goal of reaching the community with the gospel. That is the goal. That is what drives us. And so that is what we're shooting for. That is what we're hoping for. That, that is the goal. And so it sets aside these differences. So it, it has a common goal. It sets aside our differences, but allows us to be effective in a greater cause than ourselves. Many cases we come in and say, there's so little I can do by myself. By the way, if God is going to use you, he can use you. He doesn't need a thousand people. He just needs really a few committed people. But when those few committed people come together, it's amazing what a church can do. So it's driven by a common goal. It sets aside their differences and then allows us to move in a chance to, to be effective for eternity. And that's really what should be our ultimate goal. How can we be effective for eternity to obey God, to invest in his kingdom, and to see people come and to be saved? That is what drove uh, that's what this heart of Paul had for this church. He was so grateful. And you think about Paul sitting here. One of the reasons that he could find joy in the midst of his circumstances, one of the reasons that in prison where he wasn't able to leave and do what he really felt called to do, and he ended up taking advantage of this time and saying, hey, this is what God has me. I'm going to write to these churches. One of the reasons he could find joy in this is that in the midst of all of this, he knew that his ministry was not just limited to him. If he felt like, well, if I'm not planning churches, it does no good. No, no, no. He knew that his ministry would continue, that what he did was going to continue to grow because churches like this church at Philippi were going to go way beyond the ability of what one man could do. That's massively encouraging to a man of God and to a preacher. And that is this desire, this partnership and ministry. May we all strive to allow this partnership and ministry to transcend our differences, transcend our opinions, and help us to get a focus on God. And when you get that, it is amazing. Uh, what God can do with the church that dedicated more to the cause than they are to their differences. Thanks again for joining us on this Monday morning. Greatly appreciate the privilege we have to be part of your day and to start off this year together. Uh, we hope, uh, hope this is encouragement to you. Hope you stick with us as we move forward in this year and look forward to what all God has for us. We love you. Thanks for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.